0: Well, hello, everyone. Whoa, whoa. Hello, everyone. Ah, there you go. Hi, I'm Jeff, if I haven't had a chance to meet you. And welcome to some of the last laps of fall quarter. We just have a few more Fridays. That kind of feels good. I'm glad for you all. Um, Tonight... We are going to continue the, the series that we've been in this, this quarter on Unchanging. I was just thinking that at the beginning of the quarter, uh, for those of you who weren't here for the first half of the quarter, Kelly that Julie mentioned, she was the gal who preached the, 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 the third and fourth Fridays, and Cole was right here. Isn't that amazing? And now he's right here. Let me not, you know, over there. But we've been walking through this series on, on God's unchangingness. You know, things that God tells us about himself uh, that don't change. Things he says that were true, things that are true, and things that always will be true about himself according to himself. So I would like to, to, um, to as, we, as we transition into this topic, I'd like to pray for our time in the word. So let's pray. Lord, again, it helps us to pay attention to the fact that you're with us. Um, we invite you here, not in a sense because you need our invitation, but because it helps us to pay attention. It helps us to realize, oh, God is with us. So Spirit of Jesus, we pray that you would enliven the text we're going to look at tonight. Jesus, thank you for speaking to us. Father, thank you for being with us. And I pray that all of us here would be um, blessed by you and taught by you and things stirred in our hearts by you, and that they would stick. We love you, Jesus, and we trust you with the whole, the whole night. Thank you for the way you've met us already and for the way you will again the rest of the night. In your name, Jesus, amen. Amen. Um, the first thing that I would like us to do is to write something down, okay? So uh, you can grab one of these white sheets. There's some spots to take notes on the back of it. It says notes, so it's allowed. Um, that would be great. Here's what I want you to write down. I'd like you to write down one thing that you appreciate about Jesus. Okay? Now, some of you grew up in church. Others of you, you're just getting to know Jesus this quarter. That's, that's fantastic. But from what you know now up to this point, what is one thing you appreciate or respect or admire about Jesus? And go ahead and write that down. I'll just give you, you know, a little bit of time to think about that and write that down. And this is something you can even answer if you even, wouldn't even call yourself someone who follows Jesus. You just hey, from, from a distance, this is the kind of thing I admire about this Jesus character that I've heard about, or that I'm here to explore, that kind of thing. <laughs> there will be a quiz later to see if you came up with the right things. Just kidding. That would be so weird. And when you're done writing, you can just look done. That way I know cool that's plenty uh would anyone like to share out loud what you came up with yeah uh, how forgiving he is. oh yeah. yeah yeah me too center of the room Everybody? yeah his persistence what do you mean yeah right on absolutely and the right wing yeah such a rebel. he's such a rebel what do you mean Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He was definitely willing to throw some tables over. Right on. Thanks, you guys. Those are great. Uh, one of my favorite things about Jesus is how smart he is. I find him to be brilliant. And he's brilliant not just in the way he teaches people and the examples he gives, but he's also he's brilliant on his toes. So when he's kind of like cornered in these spots with these really tricky, trick questions by the kind of the religious experts, he is just nimble. Like, you're not going to get him to, to, to get himself in trouble unless he wants to get himself in trouble. He's great. So it's one of the things I admire about him. One of the reasons I trust him with my life, because he's smart. Um, so, okay, so keep those things in your mind, things you appreciate about Jesus, because they're going to come up later. Um, because tonight, we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit, the unchanging Spirit of God, or the Spirit of Truth. Or the Spirit of Jesus, as he's sometimes referred to. Now, I'm sure that because I know this community fairly well and I've been around for a little while, I'm sure that there's a really healthy diversity in this room of backgrounds and experiences with the Holy Spirit. Yeah? Yes. Some of you are like, what? Holy Spirit, I've never even heard of this thing before. That's great. You're going to like tonight. Others of you, in your church background, it was really normal to talk about the Holy Spirit. That's also great. Or maybe for some of you, the first time you heard about him was at our fall retreat a month ago. And maybe that was really exciting for you. Or maybe it raised a lot of questions for you. I know it did for me. Or maybe the others of you have been in our community a little bit longer. And so you might feel a little bit more familiar with who the Holy Spirit is and what he does because of what you discovered about him as we studied the Bible together in this community. So wherever you're at, when it comes to talking about the unchanging spirit of God, who really shows up all across the Bible. He's in the whole library. He starts up, he shows up at creation. We saw that early in the year. Um, he sticks around and empowers God's servants from the old, in the Old Testament. Whenever God is active with his people, his spirit's involved. And we see him in the life of Jesus, and in, in the life of Jesus' first followers in the New Testament, He's all over the library. So wherever you find yourself in understanding or, or, or knowing things about the Holy Spirit, we hope that tonight will be really helpful in your relationship with the Spirit of God. Bless you. When we were thinking, in, we, 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 sometimes we talk in staff meeting about you know, how we want to uh, uh, address certain topics. We were talking about this in staff meeting this week. Someone said, how about we just let Jesus introduce the Holy Spirit? And we were like, yeah, that's a really good idea. So that's what we're going to do tonight. We are going to let Jesus talk to us about the Holy Spirit through his words in the Bible. So let's start by looking at when Jesus introduces the Holy Spirit to his first disciples. We'll go to a spot in the Gospel of John. It's the fourth book of the New Testament, chapter 14. It'll also be on the screen behind me. And this is what Jesus says to his first squad of loyal followers. They've been living with him. They've been listening to him, watching him. They've been working with him. They've been trusting him most of the time. And it's been about three years that they've spent time with him. And this comes towards the, close to the end of Jesus' physical life with them. And, and he knows that, so he's preparing them for it. He's letting them know, hey, the, t- the way our relationship works now is about to transition. Okay? And he's just told them that he's about to return to his father. And they're like, what? You're leaving? This is just getting started. And here's what he says. Verse 16. I will ask the father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him or knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Now, this is one of the first times that Jesus teaches directly about the Holy Spirit. And look at how he talks about him. Jesus says the Spirit is another advocate. That's what we're going to pay attention to. We're going to spend the whole night on these two words. What does that mean? And why would Jesus want his followers then and his followers now to know that? Okay? Now, here come those two words in Greek. All right? Welcome to your language nerd moment for the night. Alas parakletas. Oh, yeah. Isn't that fun? Alas parakletas. That's Greek for another advocate. Okay. Or some translations, if you've got a different Bible, says another helper. It means the same thing. Let's start with alas, okay? The word for another. Say it with me. Alas. Alas. I feel like I'm speaking Elvish from like the Lord of the Rings or something. (laughs) Alas. We can pretend. Now, there are actually two words in the Greek language for our translation another, okay? And they're very different. So for example, last week Thursday, a lot of us watched the Seahawks game together, right? Go Hawks. Um, But if you were speaking Greek, yeah, some people weren't there. That's fine. We missed you, but we love you. If you were speaking Greek about the Seahawks game this coming Monday night, which I know you often do, you might say Russell Wilson is the quarterback for the Seahawks, but Matt Ryan is another quarterback, and he plays for the Falcons. That's a different Greek word for another. You wouldn't use alas for that, because you're describing two quarterbacks that are very different, right? Right? Hopefully, the quarterback in blue, number three, is going to win on Monday night. Fingers crossed. But we are really beat up, so I don't know if we will. <laughs> but for example, on the other side, when it is an appropriate use of alas. When Jesus says, if someone strikes you on the right cheek, turn the other one to them as well, that's alas. Your cheeks are essentially the same. Here's one, here's the other. Alas is used for two things. That are the same. Now, we'll talk about advocate in a minute, but for now, that's how Jesus describes himself as an advocate. And he says, I'm going away, but God will send another advocate, another one just like me. Remember all those things you said at the very beginning that you appreciate about Jesus? Those are true. Jesus is forgiving, Jesus is persistent. Jesus is a rebel when he needs to be. That's true. And what that means is that if Jesus is like that, then so is the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus says the Holy Spirit is another, is just like him. So what that means for us is that if you know Jesus and have been given new life and become a part of God's family then God has given you his spirit. So if you know Jesus, then you know the spirit. At the moment of your conversion to Christ, whatever that moment was like for you, some of you can, you can pick a moment and line in the sand where this is when I made a decision. Others of you, if you're like me, you're like, I'm not really sure where my moment was, but I know I'm in now. Whatever that moment was, when you decided to follow Jesus with your life, the spirit of Jesus started living in you, walking with you, transforming your life and character from the inside. Here's one way to think about it. As you read through the New Testament, which I would encourage you to do, it's, it's a fabulous library to walk through. If you read through the New Testament, I wonder if, you, if you've ever wondered what it would have been like to walk with Jesus back then. Any of you ever wondered that? Wouldn't it be amazing to road trip with him? Hear his voice, talk to him, Be fantastic. But here's what Jesus is saying if you become a part of God's family, if you trust and follow Jesus like those original disciples did, then the Holy Spirit is with you and in you, and you are as with Jesus as they were. Because the Spirit is exactly like Him. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to relate to Jesus as if he were right here? I think that's exactly what it means to have a relationship with the Spirit. And isn't that what it sounds like when we read the, first Christ, the, the, the story of the first Christians in the book of Acts, which is the fifth book of the New Testament, if you're reading through it? They had a dynamic relationship with the Holy Spirit. And they knew, they recognized, this is just what it was like to be with Jesus. They knew him in person. So they continued to go about the work like it was when he was with them physically. They were performing miracles, they were preaching good news, casting out demons, healing the sick, and caring for each other. Because the Holy Spirit was with them, the ministry of Jesus continued uninterrupted. The presence of God was so real to them, it was as if Jesus himself was still there when they interacted with his Spirit. Or here's another way to think about it. If you read through the Old Testament, you will find that God is always interested in being with his people. He is always way up in their business, always wants to be around them. He's with them in the garden at creation. When when they become a people and they're a nomadic tented camp, he wants a tent right in the middle of camp. When they get a capital city, he wants his house to be in the middle of town. It's called the temple. And then, when God becomes a human being, which we're going to celebrate at Christmas time, what's one of the names that God gives for Jesus? Emmanuel, right? Which means God with us. It's in our Christmas songs, and I'm so excited to start singing. How many of you have already started on the Christmas music train? Don't judge. This is for real. Yes. Yes. I love Christmas music. It's not too early. You gotta start that. Now you're all telling each other your favorite Christmas song. I think Christmas music has some of the best theology you will hear on the radio ever. And you'll hear it in the mall. I hate the mall. Except for when there's Christmas music playing. I'm like walking around, like, do you hear this? This is my king. Born. Anyway. Enough of my mall habits. (laughs) But based on Jesus' teaching about who the Spirit is, it is completely correct to call the Spirit a kind of Emmanuel. If Jesus is God with us, then Jesus says the Spirit is Jesus with us. It's a continuation of God's unchanging desire to be close to his spirit, to be with us. That's why in the same text, teaching them about the Holy Spirit, Jesus can say, I'm going away, and at the same time, I will never leave you. He can say, I'm about to return to my Father, and at the very same time say, I will be with you. I will not leave you as orphans. So, all that to say, if, 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 if in your experience, if you ever get nervous when people talk about the Holy Spirit, that's okay. But you don't have to be. If you know Jesus, then you know what the Holy Spirit is like. You know his character. You know how he's going to treat you. If you know how Jesus will treat you, then you know how the Spirit will treat you. Because he is exactly like Jesus. It's Alas. Another of the same kind. Just like Jesus. Okay. Now let's talk about advocate. That's a cool word. In Greek, parakletas. Say it with me. Parakletas. Good work. Now, this one, this means, this word in Greek means one called alongside to help. That's why helper works in that translation as well. And in its original context, it was used in court, this term. It was a lawyer. But it was your lawyer. Someone who is on your side against your opponent. There to defend you. He's your defense attorney. That's what advocate means. Now think about that. Jesus is saying something that I think we might sometimes take for granted. Jesus wants you to know That God's unchanging quality is to be for you. Jesus is arguing for you, not against you. God is on our side. I don't know if we actually believe that sometimes. If you're on trial, Jesus is not the persecutor arguing against you. He's the one defending you. And the Holy Spirit plays the same role. He is for you, not against you. An advocate is the opposite of an accuser. And actually, do you know what the word Satan means? Accuser. An accuser is always looking for a way to get you. To catch you failing. To shame you. To call you out on the court. But an advocate comes to defend you from accusers. That's what God's like. He is for us. I'm not saying that God wants you to be happy all the time or that you'll never have any problems. That is not real life. (laughs) Nor does God ever promise that. But what is real, what he does promise, is that no matter what comes your way, you can be confident that he is looking out for you. That he wants the very best for you in the long term. Most gods that most people have worshiped throughout history, they have not been advocates, yeah? They haven't been on their side, wanting their best, defending people. But God is, and Jesus is, and the Holy Spirit is exactly like Jesus. They are unchanging. The Holy Spirit wants the same things for you that Jesus does, that the Father does. He wants you to be free. He wants you to have real joy, to be at peace with the people around you, to have purpose and meaning, to not live in fear and to thrive. The Spirit of God wants your very best. That's what makes spiritual gifts that show up in the New Testament so wonderful. Not gifts like the animated text you can send, but gifts. Gifts like Christmas presents. If you read through the New Testament, you find that as God's people are guided by the Spirit of Jesus on his continuing mission to the world, that the Holy Spirit dispenses special ways of blessing people. And they're called spiritual gifts. The Holy Spirit passes out presents to be given to the people around you. If it's God's desire to bless and strengthen people, and doesn't it just make sense that his spirit in all of us would give us the ability to help him to do that for each other? St. Paul talks about this in his letter to a community in Corinth about spiritual gifts. He says, Now about the gifts of the spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord distributes There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. And there's all kinds of gifts of the Spirit, all designed to bless, strengthen, and encourage God's people. You can read the rest of the chapter for yourselves. And if there are any that raise questions for you, what a great conversation to have with your Korfa or with somebody on staff. We love to talk about that stuff. But Jesus says, your heavenly Father knows how to give good gifts. He's great at presents. And he also says, I don't do anything except what I see my Father doing. And he also says, and the Spirit is just like I hope that understanding that the Holy Spirit is exactly like Jesus is a source of life for you. I hope it drives home in a new way the truth that if you follow Jesus, that he is just as with you as he was with his original disciples because of his Spirit in you. And I hope that this truth, these true things, Will push back on things that aren't true about what God is like. If you have this constant track playing in your mind that says, No one is for you, you're on your own, you have to do everything yourself because nobody really cares about you, then I hope tonight that you can say with authority, That's not true. I have a defender, and he's exactly like Jesus. Or maybe the track running in your head sounds something like this. God isn't actually for you. He doesn't want what's best for you. He wants to make your life difficult, and he really only wants you to obey him because he likes control. I hope tonight you can say with authority that is not true. In fact, that sounds like the accuser, not my defender. Don't swallow that. Because this is the good news. That God, the one who created us out of love, is so much on our side that he became one of us to go through everything we go through, even death, in Jesus Christ. And come out the other side in glory. And not only that, but he has sent us another advocate, another defender, another helper, exactly like Jesus, to be with us permanently. The Holy Spirit. One of my favorite things about our community of CCF is that we welcome people from as diverse a spiritual background as you can imagine don't we? We have people with zero religious background. All the way to people who grew up going to church multiple times a week, right? But what brings us together, what our community is built on, is the unchanging character of the one we follow. What is true of God is true of Jesus. And what is true of Jesus is true of the Holy Spirit tonight. So here's what I want us to do. I want you to write something down again. We started with writing something down that you appreciate about Jesus. So let's close by writing something down that you appreciate about the Holy Spirit. And it can even be the same thing you wrote down the first time. But as the worship team comes up and starts to play, I just want you to take a minute and write down something that you admire or appreciate Or respect about the Holy Spirit. And then I'll give us some more instructions when we're done. So worship team, you can come forward and start jamming a little bit.